All right, Kelly Robinson, good morning, and thank you, everybody. Thank you for tuning in on this beautiful, warm Saturday morning. Goodness gracious, this is uh, it's pretty amazing, and it is a warm Saturday morning. Making sure I have everything clicked here at my end, and it is. I'm not seeing anything, Colin, on the return line, so we'll hope, see what happens. Um. Anyway, we are here to talk about the plants at your place, gardening in your landscape, gardening in your yard, house plants in your window. Now, I'm not looking in your window, but you get the picture. I'm here to talk about the plants that you're trying to grow and how I might be of help to you. I'd love to help. So pick up that phone and give us a live call here. And that live call would be 888-256-1080. Simple as that, 888-256-1080. 1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour here every Saturday, just a little after 11 until just a little before noon. That gives uh, a chance at uh, newscasts on both ends of that. 888-256-1080. Mr. Talk Show Guy here says, I sure would like, that was my phone number card. It's laminated and it sounded like just some kind of a strange sound came through the microphone, which is right in front of it. I have everything propped up. It is it is like a house of cards here, I'm trying to get everything lined up to broadcast. Um, Mr. Talk Show Guy would love to see the phone lines all filled right now. That is the that is the joy of a lifetime, especially as you go into mid to late fall, because this is the time when gardeners start doing other things like watching football games and going shopping and our great granddaughter is playing a t-ball game this morning and i'm not there that's a killer but uh, jackie will forgive us i think i hope and uh, so i know i know you're busy give us a call and let me help you with your plant questions you can do that while you do some of these other things i'm sitting here watching script ohio play out on on one of the football games that's my alma mater my wife played in the concert band, not the marching band. There were no girls in the concert in the marching band at that time. But we uh, we love our Buckeyes. I grew up in Texas at College Station, but transferred to Ohio State. So I, I it's, it'd be so easy for me to be distracted and, and phone one in sometime. But I love doing this program. I've never done that. I, we went to a game in 2014. That's the last time I've missed this program. So give us a call. One last time, Colin is answering the phones, and uh, I'm answering the questions. That's my responsibility. 888-256-1080. All right. Having said that, uh, this is the time of year that you need to uh, get a lot of work done in your landscape and garden. Uh, as we get some rain this coming week in many parts of Texas, it's going to be getting cooler once again. Oh, goodness, I hope so. Uh, and as it gets cooler, then uh, you're likely to see brown patch, which A&M has now taken, and some of the other uh, universities have now taken to calling large patch. Makes no sense to me because all of the patch diseases that we have are larger than this thing. But brown patch shows up in small patches, 18 to 24 inches. They're circular. Then they'll together, and, and I guess they could get large by the end of the season, but they start out as as very regular round patches in the lawn. The, the grass is yellow initially, and then it uh, enlarges. Uh, 
uh, uh, then it turns brown in just a, a two or three day period and you can pull the blades loose easily from the runners and when that happens then that area will have to regrow new green leaves it only attacks the leaves it does not attack the runners uh, the fungicide azoxystrobin the same one you've used for gray leaf spot in the summer and take all root rot in the spring the same fungicide will control brown patch in the fall um, and so you do want to do that don't water at night especially in the fall when it uh, is cool and when brown patch is likely to be a, a problem all right that's brown patch let's see what else we need to uh, talk about um, something else that I was going to comment on uh, keep leaves picked up off your grass also because they will trap the moisture down below and that's uh, not a good thing so uh, anyway let's take our first break and then we will uh, come back and and uh, hopefully go to some phone calls let me give you the number once again please do call right now we have about 33 stations from alpine to big spring to brownwood um, in the lubbock amarillo area um, also, uh, uh, Corpus Christi, Victoria, Bryan College Station, Crockett and Madisonville, and uh, a lot of other places, lots and lots of other places. Call now, 33 stations, and uh, Alpine, oh, got to say Alpine, 888-256-1080. Some of those stations do uh, rebroadcast their Friday night football games, and so that does cost me a few stations, but we have lots of stations still live on Saturday mornings. And, and, and the rest will pick it back up again once the football season's over. 888-256-1080. Call now, please. Let me tell you about my book. It's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. And uh, this is uh, the book that I think you need in your library. Hope so. I have left it at $34.95 for a little while longer. And that's good for you. It's good for me. I told you earlier that I had two reasons that I, I had dropped the price to $34.95. One of them being I wanted to help my wife pay off her the last remaining uh, bills from her re-election campaign last spring to the McKinney uh, ISD school board. And that was successful. And we thank you very much for the help in getting that done. Uh, the other, I will tell you about late in the program today, and I would appreciate your help on that as well. They're both personal things, and and uh, so thank you. Uh, the book has 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, and it was printed in Texas. That's quite a book when you come to think about how much uh, cost there is in producing a book like that. Publishers heretofore, I've done four other books, and publishers have said, oh, we can't have that many photos. That, that would just be too expensive. It's uh, when the hand ringers come out and all the, the uh, sweat goes all over the floor. I thought, well, I'm going to self-publish this book, and I'll take a lot of the profit out of it that way so that they don't have to, they're not going to be taking money away. I can keep the price down lower that way, and I can afford to get more uh, photos into the book and more pages into the book. It's 11 chapters that cover the basics of gardening in Texas, a 48-page calendar telling you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all of your plants. That's, uh, that's an entire chapter, uh, four pages per month. And then specific lengthy chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. More than 25 multi-page charts are included in the book. This just has about everything you could want. Like I said, it's a hardback printed on high quality paper and printed in San Antonio. 
I sign every copy as it sells, and I'll get it in the mail to you very, very quickly. I have kind of a complicated schedule between now and the 1st of January, so I need to have you order ahead if you want this as a Christmas gift. Give me a little more lead time than usual. Uh, it is a satisfaction guaranteed. The book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. And uh, so as a result, you buy it directly from me, from my office or from my website, neilsperry.com. The office phone number for weekdays is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it directly from the website, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Please don't go into a garden, uh, into a bookstore and, and uh, buy the old cowboy boot book. That one is, is a quarter century older than this one. You want Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, the one with the Adirondack chair on the cover. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Let me also tell you about the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association and their certification program, which was begun about 40 years ago. I was there when that began, and I'm here now to tell you this is a great project. You go to the best experts from the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association, one of the strongest trade organizations in America. These are men and women who have banded together decades ago to ensure that Texas gardeners have the best plants, the best products, and the best service that any industry can possibly provide. Shop where you see the name badges and the emblems of certified landscape professionals and certified nursery professionals. They've studied long and hard hours. They passed tough exams that prove that they really know what they're talking about. They are the pros, the best in the business. They're going to be at member nurseries and affiliated businesses of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. Texas certified and master certified nursery professionals at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much, my longtime friend, Kelly Robinson. That number again in Neil Speak, which is a slower speak than Kelly, 888-256-1080. Call right now, won't you please? We go to Danny in College Station. Danny, this is Neil. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. Uh, Hi there. Um, How can I help? Uh, got a question. Uh, my wife and I, we live here in College Station at Carter Lake, and uh, we have one of the smaller lots, which is heavily wooded, and we're about to do a remodel and planning, and uh, uh, we actually, it's uncommon timing that I uh, turned on the radio. Uh, the question I have is we have some mature oaks. I think they're mainly post oaks and uh, uh, water oaks or pin oaks, uh, I think is what you call them. Uh, that we're going to try to squeeze in uh, our house because we, you know, they're probably at least 40 years old or older. Um, mm -hmm. And the question is, how close can we build to them? I know in an ideal world, but three, as I told you, it's a small lot. And uh, two, is there any type of treatment we can do? Because I had an arborist once, this was a while back, told me, uh, let him know, six months before and he can come out and do some treatment to give him a better chance to survive. All right. 
Uh, so my sarcastic answer of 300 yards, you're not prepared to hear that one then, right? <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, lot's not quite exactly. that large. <laughs> yeah. The ones you have to worry about are the post oaks. They are the finicky ones. The water oaks will uh, do quite well. Um, and and Texans, I, I grew up in College Station. I'm a native Texan, so I allow myself to chastise ourselves. Uh, pin oaks are nothing like water oaks they don't look anything alike uh okay pin oaks are are more similar to uh, schumard red oaks they have leaves that are pointed lobes so what you, oh, okay. you called it correctly the first time it's a water oak, quercus nigra and oh man i would love to live again where i could grow water oaks i love that tree and uh, like i say i grew up in brazos county so i i grew them a lot uh, i live mm -hmm. now near dallas fort worth in our alkaline so i won't won't support them um, the post oaks are the ones you have to worry about, and anything that you do uh, to modify their soil, their environment, soil is uh, soil grade, and roots are are where you'll damage them. If you cut the mm -hmm. roots to put in water lines, uh, you'll damage them. If you add any soil over them, you'll damage them. One inch of, of fill soil. Uh, probably would do more damage than taking two inches off the, the trees, uh, which is an odd mm. thing. It's kind of hard to put your arms around that, but it's true. Uh, if you have to put a water line in, regardless of where the house is, if you have to put mm. a water line around or, or uh, near a post oak, it's better to come in from the outside. Think of a post oak's root system as being a wooden uh, wagon wheel. If you can come mm -hmm. in from the outside and go in between the uh, the, the, the spokes, uh, you'll do a lot less damage than if you go across all those spokes. So if you, it may cost okay. you a little extra pipe, but but that's always the way to do it. And you can do it with water. It's uh, harder to do it with the sewer line. Uh, if you okay. could be, um, if, assuming you're not going to do any grade changing, if you could be 30 feet away from a post oak, you probably would be okay. 20 feet with an arborist holding your hand while you're doing this, uh, you, yeah. you might be able to pull off, especially on a one-story house or addition. Mm -hmm. um, but anything closer than that, I'd get nervous about. Uh, you'll see houses. There was a house I grew up, um, uh, I don't remember what the street is. I don't think it was timber, but uh, where the old, old uh, A&M Consolidated Elementary School was just mm -hmm. uh, off the campus, off uh, what's now George Bush Drive. And they were, uh, it looked like barracks. Our, our first five years were in little buildings. And there was a house right on the south side of that. Mike Kronitsky lived in that house, my friend. And he had a post oak coming up in his living room. They built the house wow. around the tree and it lived for a long time. But they didn't do okay. anything. It was pure and beam. And so no slab, mm -hmm. and they didn't do anything to modify the soil level. But um, just th that's that's what I can tell you. And you're in the right by getting an arborist, a certified arborist, to work with you, a certified arborist. Um, mm -hmm. There are plenty of them in Bryan College Station. Unfortunately, most of them are probably professors uh, or Texas Forest Service people who don't do consulting mm -hmm. work. But there will be somebody there who will, and that's the person you okay. want to get. You can go to International Society of Arboriculture, and there's a, a page on their website uh, that says find a certified arborist. You enter your zip code and you say within 10 miles of me or 25 miles, and they'll find you all of the ones that are there. 
there is no place in Texas that will have a heavier concentration than you will. Okay. Stephen, okay. Uh, yeah. Nacogdoches might. <laughs> Nacogdoches might. Okay. Okay. But that's yeah, that's what I, mean, I would do. And um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those that uh, we're looking at distance even shorter than that. And uh, the guy gave me a warning, and uh, you know that, uh, like I said, it was a while back. But that says this is give it the best chance for success. Uh, it was encouraging. You talked about the guy building his living room around that. But uh, uh, yeah, we were yeah, our whole lot from side to side is 75 feet, and we already got a house sure. there. And now we're just trying to squeeze in a, uh, an addition and. And I love my trees, and uh, I don't want to take anything mature down that I just don't have to. It can but be done. I think you get... uh, let the let the arborist be your starting point, and then get the architect to do the planning around that, and let the two mm -hmm. of them work together. Um, okay. But the ar arborist needs to be the the one who makes the final decision. Uh, I'd be, you know, if if there's no tree in the footprint of the house. You might be able to pull it off without any damage. Is this slab, or is it going to? Can that part be pure and beam? The current plan is slab, but uh, uh, we had thought about. You know, if someone was asking, could we do in the areas close by a modified where we do more pure and beam? Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever done that on a foundation for a house, but that sounded like it had Did some on merit. My house. merit. Did on my house. Oh, I have pecan trees. I did on my house. When we okay. added the office I'm sitting in right now to broadcast, I'm sitting on, let me look down. I'm sitting on slab and my feet are on pier and beam. The room is split <laughs> half and half. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay. it can be done. <laughs> Funny you'd <laughs> okay, ask. Well, <laughs> well, I'm glad I asked. You know, cause, yeah, because uh, yeah, we got a leaning one, and which I'm really worried about, but we have one that's perfectly vertical and uh, the bedroom we're putting in it'd be a great shade and 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 uh sure. for the the house but it you know we're probably going tentatively you know, looking about like five to eight feet to within well, the and that's doable edge. let me let me let me finish with this start with the arborist and remember that post oaks have a habit of dying without warning even if they're out very healthy on the side of a hill where they've been for 40 years. They are mm -hmm. flat earth society trees. They go along fine and they sail off the edge. And it's okay. the strangest tree in the world. That's why you'll never see nurserymen sell them. So let the arborist predict, okay, that leaning one. Yeah, it's leaning because it's not, uh, never was happy. It has this or that. That might not be one you want to concentrate on. Um, mm -hmm. Just don't, don't center everything based on one tree that may live another 10 years or maybe live another 30 years. Life expectancy in my in my measure of post oaks is about 75 or 80 years. They rarely okay. live as long as the other types of oaks. I got to run, but hopefully that's a, okay. a start for you. I All appreciate, right. appreciate it, your Neil. call. You betcha. Okay. Have a good day. We'll come back and go to Debbie and Crockett. We have some flower buds, I think it is, that are falling off, and I'll try to help. What would be falling off now? Maybe camellia buds. Let's see what it is. That's, that's the game we're going to play on this one. Fertilone. Fall feeding is one of the most critical 
feeding times for your lawn. A well-fed, healthy lawn can better endure the hardships of winter, so prepare it now. This is just about the last call for feeding. October is about your last chance, um, and uh, this is the time for established lawns. This is a very important time if you have a cool season lawn like ryegrass overseeded or temporary ryegrass, or if you have fescue anywhere in Texas. Fescue is fed in the fall. A number of years ago, Fertilum used the findings of local university studies. To, can we say Texas A&M here? I think we will. To design this winterizer product specifically for Texas. Fertilum winterizer has a 10-0-14 analysis, and it's formulated to convert quickly and easily into stored nutrition to feed your lawn throughout the harsh winter months. Fertilum Winterizer builds winter hardiness and stem strength and disease resistance in lawns. It's safe on all lawn types. Just gently water it in after you apply it. Yards fed Fertilum Winterizer in the fall are the first to green up in the spring. Fertilum Winterizer for established lawns can be found at independently owned garden centers. What's that mean? That means that it's owned by somebody in your community, not by some national chain somewhere else independently owned feed stores and nurseries. Those are the people who own, uh, who sell Fertilone products like Fertilone Winterizer for established lawns. Get it and get it out on your lawn right now. Water it in well and your lawn will be happy for the effort. I'll be back with more after these messages. Well, all right, Kelly, I accept the challenge. We go back to our phone lines. Let me give that number one more time. I'll reinforce what Kelly told you. It is 888, so that's easy, 888-256-1080. How about you give a call right now? 888-256-1080. Need a couple of calls right now. That would, that would rest well on my soul. Let's go to Debbie and Crockett. Debbie, this is Neil, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Busy. How can I help you? <laughs> well, yeah. I have, and and I talked to you, it's been a long time ago about this, but I failed to write down what you told me as far as what to get. I have a camellia bush. You were right at guessing that. And it's, mm -hmm. oh, probably 10 years old. I think it faces southeast in the front of my house, and it gets a little too much sun, but it's very very green it, the leaves are pretty except for the burn from this heat we had this summer but um, oh, yeah. it's starting to to bud and it does every year it, it covers itself in hundreds of big buds and you can see the pink and and then they all fall off on the ground and you said possibly it was some kind of i think a bud worm or some kind of worm in the bud that formed in there when you know this started happening and you told me to put it in the ground before they started budding it is beginning to bud so can you kind of okay. tell me what it what you think uh i Again. might have guessed thrips thrips are yep. uh, okay. are common in camellias and mums and gardenias and other plants that have tightly petaled flowers where the buds are very very compressed Mm -hmm. And you'll get thrips in in the buds, and and when the buds open, their roses will do that. They're either mm -hmm. deformed and don't open properly, or they abort as yours have done, or yeah. they're discolored. Uh, in the case of roses, there'll be uh, red red spots on white roses, and and uh, brown spots on red roses, and it's just it's a mess. 
And in the case of gardenias, okay. they, they don't open properly. They turn brown. Camellias, I, I don't, we can't raise camellias where I am, so I don't have a lot of working okay. firsthand knowledge, but, but I know they do cause them to abort. You can see thrips. Uh, I don't see anything. Of them and, yeah. Well, but, but hang on. Uh, if, okay. if, you, uh, if you miss some of them this year after you do what I'm going to suggest, uh, mm -hmm. and they hit the ground, then you can peel the buds open and you can see them. They're, they're not microscopic, but they are tiny. They look like uh, honey-colored uh, two- or three-day-old whiskers. Uh, and oh. They're just moving mm -hmm. around in the, in, down where the petals attach in the, in the buds. And okay. So to avoid them, um. you would want to use a systemic insecticide, Probably the best of all of them would be imidacloprid, I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D. It's uh, one of the most successful, uh, in fact, it's the best-selling insecticide uh, in, the, in the world, I think, probably. Imidacloprid, I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D, you would use it as a soil drench in this case. And you would put it on okay. it. If they're starting to bud, this would be the time to put put it on. Okay, it will, it will and give I give you did. directions on how to mix it. Uh, okay, and, I will try and that. Just follow and those directions. Yeah, I did get these buds. There were so many, and I did open them up and look, and I never found anything inside those buds. But um, I looked real well to see if there were any, you know, little bugs or worms or anything. And I went through quite a few of well, them last year. They'll be year. very tiny. Yeah, you okay. have to look well, awfully closely because it'll be very tiny. Well, I will try that because it's 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 certainly worth trying. It's a beautiful plant. It's over five feet tall and probably the same wide. Uh, the but the leaves are real shiny green, but it's 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 pretty uh, you know upsetting when you have million blooms and buds and I understand. you touch when them. When is this happening? Oh. What month? Oh, what month okay. is it? Okay, it's starting to bloom now, so it's probably. We're going to go through December, January, probably going to be um, end of February, March. You're going to see all those big, huge blooms and buds, and they're all going to fall uh, off. That's a very important question, I, I, and the reason I'm asking that is, is this a camellia uh, sasanqua then? I bet or it's japonica. japonica. I think it's japonica. I've had it so many years, it, but I believe it's a japonica. They normally don't bloom nearly this early. They're yeah, usually the second it's... to bloom, and the sasanquas hmm. are earlier. Um, if okay. it's a japonica, uh, they will abort a lot of buds because they will uh, get caught by the freeze. And we've had two years where we had very bad freezes. There's enough moisture in those right. tight buds that the uh, that the buds will rupture. The, the moisture will expand and freeze the, the okay. petals and freeze the buds, and they'll abort okay. at that point. And especially if there's more bud loss uh, from midwinter on, if they're if they're if they're opening in all of that extended period of time, that's quite unusual. If that's okay. happening, then I'll bet that's freeze damage, and you wouldn't see thrips in that case. You okay, need to think and there's back nothing you can really do, the is there? The I mean, even covering um, it, I don't think would help. Oh, I think it would. I think frost cloth over it would help. That gains you seven okay. or eight degrees, and as far south as okay. you are, southeast, I think that would help. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is, the, the the last two winters have been exceptionally cold and, cold. and quite unusual in terms of when the the cold hits. So uh, you, That's you true. 
pray and hope a lot that we don't have any repeats of those. I certainly am doing that. I'm tired of it. Uh, uh, absolutely, I know. Okay, well, I will. I will certainly try the systemic, and I'll get some frost cloth. And if we get real cold, and give that a shot, it's worth trying. It's a beautiful plant. Frost cloth makes uh, a big difference in the protection okay. of plants. I I have some plants that I have saved when the same species all over McKinney was killed. My 250 aspidistra cast iron plants all survived without any damage. Goodness. And, uh, so do you, you take it off it, uh, if the days get a little warmer and, and then put and it back? I don't have a problem Neil? with it, and we have major problems okay. as far north as I am. And mine comes okay. quite well. I, I hate that and I have to leave it covered for four weeks, but price I Well, don't. absolutely. So you do. you leave it on there the whole time? when it's really I cold because, and you take it off yeah i do okay. and i'll be very candid i have a man who helps me i've, I've got some mobility issues and have a man who helps okay. me and then he is gone for a couple of weeks right around christmas and oh, uh, i just okay. leave it covered and then when he comes back i, I think hey, you know, i don't i don't <laughs> think i'm going to uncover at that point i'll just leave it till february heck with it okay <laughs> okay well that, that's well. That sounds good. Okay, well, I do thank you. I did write this name of this systemic down this time, so I certainly appreciate oh, your help, Neil, and you have a great day and a good weekend. Same to you. Thanks for the call. I'm, I'm grateful mm -hmm. for the call. Have a good day. Oh, thank you. All right, you. Neil Spray's Lone Star. Yeah, bye-bye. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book. In fact, you'll see that uh, bed of aspidistra, and it is covered in frost cloth. You'll see that in this book. When I needed photos for this book, I just in many cases went out and took photos in my own yard because it's kind of accessible, you know, when you're typing. I spent one year, and uh, these were 12 to 14 hour days and nights, uh, writing this book. I spent more time on this book than any book I've written, and I think you will find it to be the most useful gardening book that you have in your library. That was my goal. Whether it happens or not, I don't know. but. That'll be for up to you to decide and, and what your needs and, and the tastes are. But it covers every aspect of outdoor gardening for every county in Texas. It's uh, 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, more than 25 multi-page charts. Chapter 1 covers all the basics of gardening in Texas, from soils and climate to uh, hardiness zones, the whole works. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar, four pages per month. You'll never again ask Neil... When should we prepare the soil for our garden? Neil, when should I protect against uh, uh, whatever, uh, crape myrtle bark scale? And the answer to that is May 15th. Uh, Neil, when should I do this or that? It's all in that calendar. Chapter 3 is a very detailed chapter on trees and then shrubs and then vines and ground covers, annuals and perennials, uh, lawns and fruit and vegetables. All of that in this book. book is a hardback. It was printed in Texas. And I'm charging only $34.95. That's a sale price. I've left it on sale. And I'll tell you why in just a few moments. Uh, the uh, book uh, is uh, not in bookstores, not on Amazon. I chose to do that because uh, I just felt I could keep a l much lower price for you by avoiding all of those middle people who want their share of the profits. It's just uh, you, you, would, you would pay $50 if you bought it anywhere else. It's $34.95, satisfaction guaranteed, and I sign every copy as it sells. We just took the next to the last delivery on the sixth printing of this book. 
I don't know that there will be another printing, so don't delay. If you'd like to get it as a Christmas gift, this is your time. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. The two ways you can buy it, you go to neilsperry.com, my website, or you call my office Monday through Friday, business hours. That's 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. It's Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Um, I... uh, Appreciate your uh, tuning in. I think I'm going to get my last break out of the way before I uh, get into anything else. But uh, I do want to warn you that it is still very, very dry. Uh, There is some rain in the forecast for this upcoming week. I was out walking my dog this morning in our landscape and came across one little area of one uh, irrigation station that is bone dry. It's just obviously those heads are not working. It's I think it's its own station on that clock and we'll have to do some major investigating there to see what is plugging it up and keeping it from working properly so i will do that but in the meanwhile i'm going to have to do some hand watering you need to do the same thing don't quit watering now even though it's late october and another uh, thing i'll mention a year ago at this time I was looking down the barrel at the first killing freeze in our landscape. We're going to be 93 today, and it was the first killing freeze sometime about the 22nd or 23rd. I don't know what it was. It was in in late October. That's how diverse this state can be, and that would be devastating to plants if we had a a 30-degree or 32-degree night now after 93 degrees. Nothing's in the forecast, thank heavens, but... It's called hardening and and conditioning for your plants. So just don't rejoice too much all this warm weather because it's not good for the plants. Uh, Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. It's my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email on Thursdays, a little after 6 p.m. I really enjoy writing eGardens and hope to do it for another 100 years. Uh, It's uh, almost almost 20 years old, 19... uh, years and uh, 41 weeks, I think, something like that. Um, I write most of the stories, not all of them. There are four stories a month that uh, other people write that are done beautifully. Uh, If you'd like to see what eGardens looks like, go to my website. That's where you go to sign up for it. It is free and always will be. And I don't give or sell your email address to anybody. Nobody does. So you don't have to worry about ending up on a bunch of spam lists. That would make me so angry, and you don't have to worry about my doing that to you. I don't work that way. eGardens has five stories. One of the stories is a featured plant of the week. Another of the stories is gardening this weekend, where I point out the things that need to be done that weekend. And then I answer your questions. That's another one of the stories, Q&A, and then two other stories. I think you'll like eGardens. If you don't, you can always unsubscribe. Take a look at it. See what you think. Neil Sperry's eGardens. You sign up for it at the same place that you buy my book. That's at neilsperry.com. In this case, you click on eGardens. Go to n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y.com. 
then click on eGardens. I want to tell you again about the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association certification program. This is where you walk into a nursery and you look for a name badge that that nursery man or woman is wearing and it will say Texas Certified Nursery Professional. It may say Texas Master Certified Nursery Professional. That's when you say, oh wow, I have met a Master Certified Nursery Professional now and they'll say, I'm a normal person. I just love working in the nursery industry. I don't know what they'll say, but it'd be something like that. These are people who have studied long and hard hours. They passed a very difficult exam that puts them above, so much above, just your ordinary salesperson in these big box stores. These are folks who really care about your succeeding in your, in your gardening endeavors. And you will only find them at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. There also are Texas uh, certified and master certified landscape professionals. So these represent a, a professionalism in this great organization. The Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. Look for Texas certified and master certified nursery and landscape professionals the next time you go garden shopping. I'll have more after this message. Hi Kelly, thank you very much. We're out of time for this hour. I have a couple of minutes. I have a couple of things I was going to mention. Last uh, evening we had the opportunity in Richardson at the Eisman Center of taking our grandson who is an eighth grader. He is very, very interested in music. And uh, Joseph uh, is uh, in the top band in percussion and in the top orchestra in his middle school in, uh, in strings, in violin. And in fact, he had his uh, solo uh, competition this morning at 8 a.m. And we got to see the neatest symphony orchestra I can think of. It is the World Doctors Orchestra all physicians playing uh, in Richardson. Uh, they don't tour, they, they appear once in a while. They were in Houston two years ago. They were at Carruth Auditorium on the SMU campus two nights ago and then in Richardson last night. And all physicians playing beautiful music, playing beautifully. And it's their other passion. And they came from all over the world and they wanted selfies with one another. It's just really cool to watch that. And I think I have a particular sensitivity to such things right now because I was diagnosed a couple of months ago, um, uh, about six weeks ago with stage four melanoma. And um, it took 11 weeks of PET scans and CT scans and uh, MRIs and everything else to get a confirmed diagnosis. And after all that, I decided I'm going to MD Anderson. And they did in a couple of days uh, a lot to confirm. And I'm working in the melanoma clinic down there to get it uh, really dealt with. Uh, I have another medical condition called psoriatic arthritis, which puts me in an autoimmune group and that kind of affects what they can administer. and when you go in and there are 60 people waiting for eight melanoma doctors you realize I'm with my people and this is the place I was intended to be 
what an incredible facility. 23,000 employees I saw somewhere. And when I had my MRI uh, on Friday morning a week ago, at 6.15, there were 20, I think it was, people getting MRIs at that hour. Yeah, it's just huge, and they are so caring and so supportive and so encouraging. And so uh, that's it. I'm going to keep you uh, apprised from time to time. Don't want you talking about it on the air. I just didn't want gossip going around. We already had some odd calls to my office, and I don't want that. I appreciate the prayers and uh, and the nice comments, but I don't want to talk about it on the air. I just want you to know I'm doing fine. Love you all. Thank you. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening.